Good morning once again. So as you've heard in the notices, um, this morning is a, we're going to have a fellowship lunch after the service and um, Amy and Sue have been, thank you for your work, um, and uh, going by past experiences of any sort of um, food event at South Green, especially where Amy and Sue are involved, it will be something of a banquet. And so this morning we're going to begin by reading from Luke chapter 14, the parable of the great banquet. So if you've got Bibles with you, please turn to Luke chapter 14. Starting at verse 15. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So as often with parables, it's a nice story, isn't it? It's a nice, it's a nice reminder of the importance of accepting an invitation, the importance of, of keeping a, a diary entry when we're, when we're told in advance of an event that we're expected to be at. But in order to appreciate what Jesus is saying in this banquet, we need first to remind ourselves of the context of this parable. You see, at the start of chapter 14, we're told that one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. So Jesus tells this this story about three, three men who refused the invitation. Two of them have recently acquired something. They're people of wealth, people of substance. Sitting there in a Pharisee's house, a prominent Pharisee, someone who was wealthy, someone who had status, Jesus is being examined. This wasn't a a pleasant social occasion. He wasn't chilling out with friends, letting his guard down. He was being prodded and poked from every angle. So actually, this is quite a prickly response that Jesus gives. It's quite a risky story to come out with. It's quite a risky parable. But ultimately, what can we take from it today? This parable is a warning. 
This parable is a warning to always be aware of what lies ahead. Always be aware of what is in front of us. This week, I was sitting in my office studying and I'm in the middle of essay season, I've got a deadline rapidly approaching and um, a bit under the cosh, so I've been spending all my time sitting in, sitting in front of my laptop, typing away, reading books, the same, the normal sort of thing. And um, it was Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, I think it was, and I was sitting there, it was quite a warm day, I had the window open, and there was a breeze flying, uh, uh, blowing through the room. And suddenly there was this buzzing, and I was sitting there trying to concentrate, and there's just this and there's a big blue bottle just lazily doing laps. And at first I think, oh, I'll just ignore it. It's fine. I'm not going to waste time. And then it suddenly flies in front of my nose when I'm reading and it breaks concentration. It's a bit irritating. Then it landed on my arm a bit later and in the end I thought, right, this is, this is distracting me now. This is annoying. I'm going I'm to get rid of it. So I armed myself suitably and... I stood up and I watched it flying around the room and I did what we all do where you sort of, you know, somebody's turn into D'Artagnan and I missed. Time and time again, I missed. And I, it, it gets annoying, doesn't it? I like to think that it would take something with a brain slightly larger than that of a fly to outsmart me. <laughs> time and again, I'm proved wrong. And so eventually I thought, right, OK, I'm just going to stand still, wait for it to land. And suddenly... And I saw it. And it was sitting on the net curtain just in front of the window. And I thought, if I time this right, you've got to be careful. Because they, they sense movement. You've got to be really careful. It's on the net curtain. I think, I know this is a risk because I know that I'm going to splat it. It's going to leave a mark. And Joe has got the eyes of a hawk when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> so I thought, I know there'll be, there'll be recrimination, but it's worth it. So I very carefully walked up to it. And I can see this thing just sitting on the net curtain. And so I came, came up. And just where I thought, right, there you go, I'm close enough, I'm close enough. In my mind, I played it through the, any second. Right, that's what's going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. I thought, right, OK, three, two, one. I'd forgotten the window was open. <laughs> The fly went buzzing out into the other room, probably thinking I don't want to be too close to that sort of wally. <laughs> and I then looked out the window to see that my book had gone flying out the window and it got caught in the guttering on the, the, the flat roof. So I had to go and get my fishing rod, I had to reach out the window, I had to try and poke it. Eventually I managed to get it to fall out. It, it rolled down the driveway onto the pavement outside. I had to go out at the front door, checking there weren't any neighbours or dog walkers, pick up the book. I went back inside feeling rather silly. If any of you had been walking past, you would have thought, wow, Tom's having a nightmare with his essay. I've just seen a book come flying out of his study window. But you see, I didn't think what was in front of me. I didn't think what, what was lying ahead. I failed to check it out. In this parable, Jesus is saying, please, for goodness sake, think about what is in front of you. Think about the consequences of your actions. A couple of weeks ago, Joe and I celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary and I was reading this parable and I was, um, 
I was thinking about it and praying it through and I suddenly just remembered, in the, when I was reading this parable and I was thinking about our wedding anniversary, I suddenly thought back to a time on the day before our wedding anniversary. And I was sitting at home and the, 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 the church was booked, the minister was booked, the um, reception venue was booked, all the food was sorted, the guests had been invited, everything was done. Well, Joe told me it had been, so I took her word for it. But you see, I was relaxed, surprisingly. It was a day before my wedding. Many people would be quite nervous. I was quite relaxed. And I was sitting there, and suddenly my phone buzzed. And I had a text message, and it was from um, someone who I'd known since I was about 18 months old. We'd lived near each other, we'd grown up together, went through uh, playgroup, primary school, secondary school. We'd kept close when we were at university. We knew each other really well. And... I picked up my phone and I read this message and it said, Hi Tom, really sorry, can't make it tomorrow. I've got an essay due in at the end of the week and I haven't started it yet. I cannot tell you how disappointed I was. I was, I was upset. I was hurt. I was, I was even a bit angry. I said to my best man, there's no way she's coming to the next wedding, I'll tell you. <laughs> Jesus is God's invitation to us. Jesus was sent into this world to invite mankind, all of mankind, to join God in his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And so, when Jesus tells this story, he's giving us a picture of what will happen if we don't accept that invitation. He's warning us to be aware of the consequences of our actions. This isn't just a story. This is a picture of reality that Jesus gives us. In John 14, Jesus says, My father's house has many rooms. I am going to prepare a room for you. I am going to prepare a room for you. That's the reality of where Jesus is now. Sometimes you hear people say, Well, if Jesus exists, then call him into the room. No, no, he's he's out preparing a room for us right now in his father's house, in the kingdom of heaven. And that's to take up residency in. This is a reality. There's a massive risk of us not accepting this invitation. There's a massive risk if we don't go along with what Jesus wants us to do. You see, in this parable, we have the master, don't we? We have the master who has prepared a banquet. He's prepared a banquet that is so grand that it's a talk of the town. There was an ancient system of, um, of invitation, at least scholars keep calling it an ancient system, but it's, it's not really. Effectively, what we do today, we, we send out a save-the-date card if we've got a big event coming up. We let people know that they're going to be invited, the details aren't quite sorted, but save that date. And effectively, in ancient times, there was a very similar system. And so the master has warned people, I'm throwing a banquet, it's going to be around this time, be prepared be ready to come. And so when when the chandeliers are polished and the cutler is laid on the table and when the the, the smell of the food is wafting through the banquet hall, the master calls a servant and says, go and tell everybody who's been invited that the time is now. And so the servant goes off and he knocks on the first door and the guy opens the door and the servant explains the invitation and he says, not today. Oh, you're joking. Look, you see that plot of land up on the hill, the really big one, the prominent one that looks out across the whole city. I've just bought that. I'm going to build a house up there. 
I'm really, I've been working, out, working for ages, saving up to buy that. I've got to go there tonight, I've got to survey it, I've got to see my solicitor talk about the, the deeds. There's no way I can come to a banquet. Sorry. The servant goes on to the next house, he knocks on the door, the door is opened and the invitation is given again. The guy says, this is really awkward. I've just bought five yoke of oxen. This is like the Ferrari of the day. This is going to revolutionise the way that I, that I farm my land. They're the fittest, strongest beasts I could find. I've got to go and collect them, I've got to bring them back, I've got to put them in the stable, I've got to check they're healthy, I've got to feed them, I've got to water them, and then tomorrow morning at the crack of dawn, I'm going to be out in the fields ploughing. I can't wait, but there's no way that I can go to a banquet tonight. Sorry. And so the servant goes on down the road, comes to the third door. He knocks on the door. The door opens, the servant explains the invitation and you can imagine the man just pulling the door, just a crack to, and saying, I'm really sorry, I got married last week. There's no way she's going to let me out. She's very demanding. The servant's saying, what are you doing? About none of your business. The door closing and the servant walking away. And going back to the master. The master's response is that he's upset, he's hurt, he's disappointed and he's angry. Just like I was the day before my wedding when someone who I thought cared about me put me way down their list of priorities. In Mark chapter 2, we read about the call of Levi and we see again an invitation and we see again the consequences of not understanding the invitation. Jesus is walking along the banks of the Sea of Galilee and he's teaching a large crowd and everyone's come out to see him because by this time he's, he's performed some healings, he's, he's, he's done some miracles, his celebrity status is, is on, the, on the up and... Jesus is there with the crowd and there's only one person who's not following him. There's one person that's very clearly isolated and that is Levi, a tax collector, the, the inland revenue of the day. And he's stuck in a tax booth some distance away and he's sitting there, he's surrounded by IOUs, he's surrounded by piles of money but he's not surrounded by people because tax collectors were shunned, they were despised, they were notoriously corrupt. People didn't throng around the tax booth. So Jesus is walking along and he wants to call someone to follow him. He doesn't call, you can imagine it these days, he doesn't call the stag dude trying to get a selfie with him. He doesn't call the groupie trying to get an autograph. He calls the isolated, lonely individual. The one sitting there, alone. He says, Levi, get up, follow me. And Levi does. And this is the key thing. Levi doesn't look around and say, I'm not worthy. He knows he's not worthy, but he follows Jesus anyway. He doesn't look around and say, I've got, I've got a meeting in half an hour, um, I'll be with you by four. He doesn't say, I've got, I've got a couple of emails to do, I've got to check a voicemail, I've got to wait for the boss to come back from, from lunch to see if I can have the afternoon off. He doesn't make excuses. He gets up, he leaves his worldly possessions and he walks away and he follows Jesus and he becomes a disciple of Jesus called Matthew. 
Matthew and Levi are believed to be one and the same person. And at the end of the story of the call of Levi, we see Jesus sitting inside Levi's house. And there are, we're told, tax collectors and other sinners at the table. Jesus is sitting there dining with tax collectors and sinners, the lowest, the most despised, the the most unworthy people of the day, the world would say. But Jesus saw value in them. Jesus saw worth in them. Because they accepted his invitation. And on the outside of the house, looking in, thoroughly bemused by the scene, are Pharisees. The, the teachers of religious law, the ones who the world looked at and said, well, they've got it right. They, they live lives according to God's teaching. They must be doing something right. They please God. They'll be in heaven. Don't know about the rest of us. And Jesus turns this mentality on its head. At the end of the parable of the great banquet, we have another meal scene, don't we? Because the master, once he's processed the disappointment of, of these rejections from the three, the three excuses that were given, he says to his servant, go out into the, town, the towns and the cities. Invite the poor, the lame, the crippled and the blind. Bring them to my table. An hour goes by and the place begins to fill up and the servant comes to him and says, Master, what you asked for has been done but there's still space. So the master says, go out into the country lanes, go go anywhere, invite everybody. Everybody who accepts this invitation will eat at my table tonight. They will be welcome, there will be space for them. Everybody and anybody that accepts my invitation. But, and there's that chilling catch at the end of this parable, but, those who were invited and refuse the invitation, will not get so much as a crumb from my table. So Jesus tells this parable when he's sitting there in the Pharisee's house. It's a high-risk strategy, but he's trying to get the message across. What we do in life doesn't matter as long as we choose to accept the invitation through Jesus Christ to be with our Heavenly Father. What we've done in our past can be forgiven because God has the power to forgive. But the only way to do that is through Jesus. Now, of course, some of us are sitting here thinking, why has no one told me this before? How do, I, how do I get this invitation? What do I do with it? Well, if you, if, you haven't, if you haven't made a commitment, if you haven't asked Jesus into your life, if you haven't accepted the invitation that is set out in Scripture to follow him, then I urge you, accept the invitation. Don't ignore the invitation. Don't let it fly by. Don't treat it like junk mail that comes through the door and you see special offer and free gift and you think, yeah, whatever, there's always a catch and chuck it away. Because with Jesus there isn't a catch. There isn't a catch. Jesus brings fulfilment to life. He doesn't take away all of our troubles. He doesn't mean that we're going to make a commitment and then suddenly your bank account's full up and you've got everything that you want in life and 
there's no more challenges. That's not how it works. You know, prosperity preaching is not what we're about. If anything, life gets harder because living a, a Christian life is often the opposite to living a worldly life. But it is the path to fulfilment. It is the path to a rich, full life. A life with Jesus brings us an eternity with the Father. So if you haven't made a commitment, I urge you, please give serious consideration to this invitation. But of course, there's going to be a lot of people here this morning who have made a commitment. Who are thinking, well, that's all very well, yeah, I've heard that before, I know about the invitation, I've accepted it. I believe that my, my place in, in God's house is secure. I believe that Jesus is, is putting my name above a door right now. So what? What else is there? Well, let's just remind ourselves of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, when Jesus said to his disciples, his followers, those who had accepted the invitation in person through him, he said to them, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so if we're sitting here today and we've, we've made our commitment and we comp salvation, then we have a job to do. We become, we become like the servant in that parable that is sent out to give invitations. And just like the servant, sometimes we'll have people slam the door in our face, make excuses, those three excuses in there, when you, when you boil them down to, to their, their essence. The first guy who's got, bought the plot of land, he's got somewhere he'd rather be. The second guy who's bought the five yoke of oxen, he's got something he'd rather do. The third guy who's just got married, he's got someone he'd rather be with. So often in the world, people put up barriers and excuses for not coming to, not coming to church, not investigating the gospel. We can tell people till we're blue in the face we've got this brilliant good news and people don't want to know. They've got somewhere they'd rather go. They've got something they'd rather do. And they've got someone they'd rather be with. So from this parable, let's not beat ourselves up when we try and bring people to faith, get them to come to church and they don't want to know because it's going to happen. But we still have a responsibility to try we still have a responsibility to live our, life, live our faith through our lives. To make sure we're not just Christians on Sundays, we are Christian in everything that we do. Our reaction to people, the way we speak to people, the way that we think about people. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a mindset change. It's something I struggled with when I became a Christian. Changing the mindset. When someone, when someone annoys you, you, you retaliate. No, but I'm not supposed to do that anymore. And it's hard, and it took years for me to kind of try and get over that. And in a way, I am. Sometimes my first, first response to a situation, I have to check myself and say, oh, that's, not, that's not what Jesus would want me to do. But we're all a work in progress. We all make our mistakes. But if we accept the invitation that Jesus sets out in this parable, in spite of our mistakes, we can come to him through him we can be forgiven and then we can try again until that day when we're called home when we stand before the Father and he says welcome home good and faithful servant so as we go through this week let's just be reminded of the privilege it is 
to serve Jesus. The privilege it is to be sent out with an invitation, to be challenged, to invite people to, to church or to t- talk about our faith. At the very least, to share the facts that we go to church, that we are Christian. Let's drop into conversation, alpha courses or, or special services that we've got coming up. Let's just see if we can try and get people to come to church, to come to faith, to come to hear the good news of the gospel. This invitation is too good to miss. We want to make sure that when we take up residency in the house of our Heavenly Father, there are as many people as possible in the rooms around ours.